to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey friends, and welcome back to this Grit and Grace Life podcast. My name is Julie Graham, and I want to know, Dar, I mean, who are you? Oh, yes. I'm Darlene Brock. What do you want to know, Julie Graham? (laughs) I want to know, what are your current fave buzzwords? You know, the thing you just kind of can't help but keep saying. Yeah. You know, the scary part is I find myself saying your words. Things Uh like perf. You know, I've never said that before in my life. I know. I think I had to teach it to you. Yeah, you did. You had to teach it to me. I mean, I did understand it was part of a real word, but... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, a couple episodes back, you said obvi, and it like rolled off the tongue, and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a little terrified. I need to rework my vocabulary. What well, about what, you? Well, do you, do you have buzzwords, though? I mean, uh, are you, you just know, saying perf? I, no, I, I do have some, and I, the ones that I think ir- have always irritated my daughters is when I say actually. Oh, like you're qualifying something by saying actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like when, you know, Lauren would hold up a dress that she pulled from a rack and I would go, actually, that's cute. <laughs> and her answer would be, so everything else I picked wasn't. Yeah, it, actually, it's yes. Gr- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, what about you? I feel like I have cycles of buzzwords. And I would be curious if our friends who have listened to us from the beginning could even kind of follow my cycles of buzzwords. <laughs> I think you do. But I do know that recently my top faves are extra. Uh huh. Super extra these days, and I'm okay with it. And I also have taken my love for emojis, and my current top emoji is the 100 symbol. Oh, yeah. And now I actually say 100. Oh, I see it everywhere. I see it on everything that you put up. And even, even when on our social media, because exactly. I write the captions. Yeah, yeah and 100. Even- communicating to one another. It's like 100. Oh, I think she likes that. I think that's good. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Well, I mean, the truth is, is we kind of can't help but catch ourselves using common phrases that just kind of describe us or they're meaningful to us. And one of the things we keep coming back to round and round here at This Grit and Grace Life are our two anchor buzzwords, grit and grace. Mm -hmm. We do. We love those words and have loved them the entire time. Um, So I think it'd be appropriate to revisit what they mean, what they mean to us and what we think they should mean to everyone else too. Well, totally. Because the truth is, is they're not just buzzwords for us. I mean, we love them. You, you know, they were the germ of your idea that became the Grit and Grace Project and then launched this Grit and Grace Life. But they're actually becoming pretty popular everywhere. Didn't you say you saw it recently somewhere else? Oh yeah. I was watching World of Dance and J-Lo had two teams that were dueling, two dance teams dueling against one another. And she said, and you would be considered grit and you would be considered grace. Did you like jump out of your seat yelling at the TV? I would have. Yeah, I did because, you know, I've trademarked it. (laughs) JLo, you can't use that. Actually, can we get some can. money out of this deal? <laughs> I don't think so. She would probably win that lawsuit. Is kind of. I mean, she is J Lo. Yeah. Mean, you don't mess with Jenny from the block. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're great words. That's they're true. great words. Um, well, they are everywhere, and and even if you followed us, you know we use them often. But when something is meaningful to you, you do go back to it, and we actually literally call them anchor words because they do center us. They kind of hold us and give us 
that inner reminder of who we want to be and how we want to live. And we even have lots of episodes that use the the words grit and grace in them. And that's actually on purpose, actually. Actually, it is, Julie. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think let's let's revisit our definition of them. Let's do it. Start with grit. Grit determines that life challenges will not defeat or define us. Yeah, we believe that. We do believe that. I mean, because in everyone's life, we're going to have lots of trials, hard times, unexpected twists and turns that could really knock us over. But grit says those things will happen, but they're not going to defeat us and they're not going to define us in some negative way. No, they're not. And what we would like to encourage women is instead of defining it in a negative way, we need to say whatever happened in our life made us stronger. Mm. That's the definition that we're going to take from it. That's the grit that we're going to apply after we have faced those life challenges. Yeah, I mean, we can't be naive to say, oh, I'll just never have anything hard because I'm strong. No, that's not the message. We're saying they will come. The trials, the hard times, the challenges, they will come. We're not going to go around them. We're going to go through them. (laughs) We're going to tap into our grit and go through them and then come out stronger on the other side, living to tell about it, pointing back to the one who got us through it, leaning on, you know, our friends and family who supported us in it and choosing instead to continue on. And I do think that kind of leads us to our next word, Julie, and that is grace. Grace is equally important. You can't have one without the other. That's right. And I've always loved how we defined it. We say grace gives kindness to ourselves and others, even when it's hard. And that's the truth. And I think one of our biggest challenges is giving it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about, oh, we'll be strong at the other end of life challenges, but we got to give ourselves grace to get through those challenges. Oh, that is so true. To deal with the issues that we're dealing with, to hurt, to cry, to be angry, to be frustrated, all of the emotions that go with it before we get through it. And we need to give ourselves grace to, to get through that. And then we also need to recognize that it takes incredible strength to show grace Mm -hmm. to someone when they've wronged us or disappointed us or completely ignored us. I mean, it takes incredible strength to offer grace in those situations. Yeah, you can't be a weak woman and give grace. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people think grace is a passive action. It's not. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of courage sometimes. Mm. It takes a lot of putting yourself aside when someone's hurt you to say, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to offer that person grace. We're going to go back to those words because we do want to continually strive to move forward in our lives with both grit and grace becoming stronger as women who walk in these things. But we recognize that in our daily lives, we're going to have common struggles that we face. And so we wanted to actually bring to the table today five things that we think pretty much stand in the way on the regular with us walking in true grit and grace and just kind of talk through why they get us in trouble and what we can do about them. Mm -hmm. I think the first one is so common among us women, and that is the challenge of Mm self-esteem. The fact that we have a real issue with body image in our, our world today, that we think we need to look perfect, to be the perfect size, to be the perfect everything. And our self-esteem is totally trash because there isn't anybody that meets that criteria. 
criteria. So that's hard. You don't give yourself grace and you, you, you lose grit along the way. Absolutely. I would have to agree that even myself, I've struggled over the years and still do to this day with being far too critical on how I look and how I carry myself and caring too much about what other people think about how I look or carry myself. And I know that it's fed by the culture. I do know that that is a big issue, but I also know that it's something that I kind of allow to be in my thought process more than I probably should. Yeah, I think we all do. And no, I know we all do. Because Julie, when I researched this, I kept seeing 80 to 91% of women feel bad about the way they look. I mean, seriously. And it was repeated over and over, this study, that study. So how do we get past that? What do we do to change our view? We absolutely do need to change our view because the fact that we're struggling with this much, we're passing it on to our daughters, younger and younger and younger. I mean, there are five-year-olds who are struggling with how they look and how they perceive themselves because they're watching the way their moms struggle with this. So you're right. We do need some practical advice on how to not be held back by negative body image. So you said you did some research. Did you bring us anything that could be yeah. able to help us? I did. I actually found the National Eating Disorder Association. They had some great points there. Um, one of which was start by listing 10 things that you actually like about yourself, mm. that you value in you. You start with the positive. What do I like about me? 10 things I like about me. Do you think you could list 10 things you like about you? Well, it's definitely not my feet. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're pretty bad. Do they want us to list 10 physical things we like about no, ourselves? No, it wasn't physical, Julie. It was actually whatever you like about yourself. I mean, I could say, I like the fact that I'm tenacious. I mean, I like that about you too. You better put that on your list. Okay. That's one of the best things about Check. you. <laughs> one down. What about you? Well, I mean, I just, I know that somebody is listening here thinking, I could not list 10 things I like about me. And I think this is a good assignment. If you're listening to this episode, we want you to make a point to list 10 things you like about yourself. And hey, maybe just send us a message with at least one of the things, because mm. we'd like to celebrate something great about you as well. Yeah. I totally dodged that question. Let's move on. <laughs> I noticed you did. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Okay. The next one of 10 that they said, and we're only going to name a couple of them, is We'll to, put the link to the article in the show notes so yeah. everyone could read it, because yeah. it does sound like it was a really helpful article. It was. Challenge the normal view of media. It said to actually criticize it, but I would say instead of accepting what they're telling us about body image about the way we should look or the way we should be or how we should eat. You mean TV and social media and movies and all of celebrity, all of that challenge what we see as normal and the and the desirable look? Yeah, and do a Julie. I ain't nobody got no time for that. Oh my Is gosh, that that's do? so not how you say it, but really <laughs> cute that you tried. <laughs> I did, but I would say at least adopt the attitude. Ain't nobody got time for that. There you go. Okay. Sweet round. Okay. Okay, so we need to purposefully challenge what society is feeding us as normal and acceptable. I like this idea. Yeah. And I think that leads to the next one that we thought was a great one. Shut the voices down in your head. Wait, which voices? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole other podcast. <laughs> it is. We do have many in our head, do we not? Um, no, this particular one where you look in the mirror and go, I'm not thin enough. Oh, mm-hmm. don't my thighs look too big? Oh, mm-hmm. whatever the problem is. That voice. My feet, apparently my feet. for you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'll have to show them to you later. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. But whatever voice is belittling mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. Yeah. quit it. Shut it down. Say, I'm not going to listen to that voice. Yeah, and that takes practice, and it probably takes a little bit of 
intentionality and, and, and skill set. But guess what? We've got plenty of articles at the Grit and Grace Project that will help you with that. <laughs> oh, that was bad, but so true. It is I true. legitimately am going to link to a couple articles specifically about body image, but also a couple questions that Dr. Zoe has answered that kind of help us in this negative self-talk that we are so prone to as women. Yep. So let's say instead of to have a grit and grace life, instead of letting our negative body image affect us and ruin our self-esteem, we're going to say we like us. We actually think that we are okay. In fact, better than okay. We're pretty darn great. Well, I know something that helps me when I really start to get a little bent out of shape when it comes to how I look and how I wish I would look. It, It sounds so like cliche, but when I remember that God made me and he loves me and he doesn't care about all of these things and that he wants to use my life and not, you know, get worked up about how I look, but more about how I love and interact with people, it really does quiet those negative voices. Mm -hmm. So somebody else needs to remember that today. Yeah, absolutely. Which leads us to our next point. Another challenge in living a grit and grace life is we think we have to be perfect. Ugh. Yep. Guilty. Guilty. It's, this is such a common struggle among women because we want to do all of the things. First of all, (laughs) problem number one, we want to do all of the things. And then we want to do all of the things perfectly well, according to our highest possible standard. Yeah, and and it's unattainable. You know, Julie, I think part of females' problems are pretty apparent. There was a study of college freshmen. Girls are twice as likely to be depressed or overwhelmed by what they have to do and accomplish than boys are. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. We put so many expectations on ourselves. And I, I do think guys are less, you know, worried about that kind of stuff. Yeah, we think that we need to have a bikini body and an engineering degree. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I personally am not interested in either one of those things, but I get the sentiment. I have plenty of multifaceted goals that are literally impossible to achieve at the same time. And it's a lie that we tell ourselves that we should be doing more. And even as we add more, we should be doing everything that we're doing better. Yeah. It's it's just impossible. You know, the other thing, Julie, is that we think we're responsible for everything. You know, whether it's a relationship, we think we're the only one that can fix it. Or, you know, if we're a mom, we have to be the perfect mom and our kid will not throw a tantrum in the middle of the room. (laughs) Doesn't matter what the subject, we think we're the one that should fix it. We don't even ask other people to do it or, you know, do their part. That's so true. We do think it's all on us. And I think part of that is because of our nature. We do have the natural ability to multitask a little bit better than our male counterparts. And we've discussed that men are better at focusing on one thing and sometimes we get jealous about the fact that they can (laughs) shut their brain brains off to other things and just do the one thing. Yeah. Good for them. It sounds like a great day. Let's just turn television on and stare at it and forget the kids are on the floor making a mess. You know, it works. Yeah. They're really good at that. Um, But we ladies, it's awesome that we can multitask, but it also can be a vice. And we just need to know that about ourselves and not give into it all the time and feel the pressure to be the only one doing all of the things all the time to the 100%. Effort. Yeah. yeah. One of the ways to not feel like you have to be perfect is to not sweat the small stuff. There's a lot of stuff in life that's not important, that doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Haven't you said before that we need to uh, think about, will I be worried about this in five years? Will I even remember that this happened in five years? Oh, in one year, in six months. In five minutes. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) In five days. I mean, there are things that I could let go of if I just ask myself, will this even matter tomorrow? No. 
The answer is no. The answer is likely no. Yeah. Let's stop sweating the small stuff. There's plenty of big stuff to be worried about. There is. (laughs) And you know, I I like that you put this next one on the list because this is actually one of my keys to life success. It's just to learn to laugh. Laugh at ourselves, laugh with our friends, laugh at the ridiculousness of the trials that we turn into bigger deals than they really need to be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And even the silly stuff. I mean, I am a total klutz and I ran into a wall again the other day, just (laughs) as I was doing something else. And I look back at my husband's just shaking his head and I'm like, yeah, it's part of life. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think if we just let ourselves laugh, some, some of us are afraid to laugh. I think, darling, I think we're afraid that if we let any ounce of silliness come out, it means that we're not as professional or uh, successful. And that's just ridiculous. Oh, no, I find it personal entertainment when you can yes. laugh at yourself and, you know, other people around you too. They, yes. You know, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. And I think that is also the key to letting go of mistakes when they happen. Sometimes you just got to, yeah, I really did do that stupid thing. I went out with that stupid guy or whatever. <laughs> you laugh and you move on and you learn from it and you just face the next thing. Yep. And then there's this next thing that I think holds us back sometimes from living a grit and grace life. And that is something in our past. We may be holding on to regret or silent shame, something that we experienced or choices we made that we haven't really unpacked and let go of yet. Mm. I, I would have to agree that suffering in silence over something in your past is a deadly killer of self-esteem, of self-worth, of peace, of grace, of all of the things, really. Yeah, you cannot find grace if you've not reckoned with something that's hurt, whether it is, you know, you might have had an affair or you might have had an abortion that you regret or you might have gone through a divorce, you know, there's... Maybe struggle with an addiction of some sort. Yeah, there, there are things that a lot of people in life go through and deal with And none of us are immune to these kind of problems. Mm -hmm. I think when we start thinking that it is beyond us, that we would never fill in the blank, we're wrong. Mm -hmm. Not true. Mm -hmm. We're all capable of all kinds of different things we might one day regret. But you can't regret and hold on to that because as long as you live in the past, you will never be able to move forward. One of the things that they say in recovery, I, I spent about a year or maybe a year and a half going to the recovery ministry at my church as I really recognized that I needed to process through a lot of the hurt and trauma I experienced in my childhood. And then after my husband's passing, I needed to process that in a healthy place. But one of the things that they would say regularly there is you've got to take life one day at a time, but also you're only as sick as your secrets. And so part of this living in shame and not really dealing with your past is you're keeping it a secret because you don't want anyone to know, but it's only killing you. Mm -hmm. It's only making you sicker. Mm -hmm. So when you can bring those things into the light, own them, process them with healthy people, which that's part of the key, then you can begin to move on and have a healthier future, but only when you really deal with the past. Yeah. And it's not that you need to announce to the world, whatever you are processing and going through and dealing with, you find a safe place. You find a place where there are people who will help you work through it, will keep your confidence, will encourage you and will, you know, will help you get to the other side. What are some places or people that you would consider safe? Mm, We do talk a lot about counseling. And Mm -hmm. I think that is really, really important when you're struggling with something like this. Mm -hmm. 
You know, the other thing is find someone who has already gone through it, mm-hmm. who understands what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, because they walked that road before you did. Yeah, maybe it is a group like I'm talking about with people who've gone through similar scenarios or some other sort of support group, or maybe it just is that trusted best friend who you've known for years and and you know you can be your truest self with, but you've got to start talking and processing through these things with people that you can trust with the intimate details, but you've got to start really processing those things. Yeah. And I think that our faith, Julie, always offers the ultimate healing. You know, we talk about grace as one of our words, but the ultimate incredible grace comes from our faith, from Jesus. He puts things in the past. Mm. He reckons with them and works through them with us and they're gone. They're behind us. So we can turn to our faith to know that ultimately we can move on from it because he has. I'm definitely going to put in the show notes um, links to articles for specific mentions that we've talked on in this section, whether it is abortion or affair or abuse or addiction. We, We have so many incredible articles written by women literally from all over the country who have experienced things like this. And so it's our hope that the Grit and Grace Project would be a resource for you for all areas of your Grit and Grace life. So I'll make sure to link to some of these things that you might need to be reading right this very moment. Well, you know, after you finish this. (laughs) Yeah, get through this first. All right, what's number four in things that maybe cause us to struggle in our grit and grace life? I think often we don't believe we have a purpose or we haven't found it, so we're struggling with it. So what is our purpose in life? To live a grit and grace life, you need to find your purpose. You need to find why you are living today, here, now, for what reason, and what can you accomplish? Okay, well, I'm not going to lie. Somebody is rolling their eyes right now because they're thinking, oh, there's that purpose. That's a buzzword if I've ever heard one. Don't you think some people feel that way? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they think, well, not me. I I don't have any talents. I don't have any gifts. I don't have any abilities. Just leave me be. I don't, I can't do that. I'm whispering lies. They are (laughs) lies. Because they are lies. Yeah. And I think we forget that we're uniquely made for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. Every single person has something that is different and valuable within them Mm -hmm. to do what they're supposed to do. And can I also just encourage you that your purpose may change over time. I think somebody's thinking, well, I used to be really good when I was teaching kindergarten and I really felt passionate about the children I was pouring into, but then I became a mom and I had to stop teaching and now I have no purpose. Ladies, your purpose can change as your life stages and circumstances change. And that's normal and healthy and good. But our goal is for you to find in this season What are the things that you bring to the table? What are the passions that you have and the talents that you possess that make a difference when you apply them in whatever you're doing? Those things are not small. They're actually incredibly important and incredibly unique. Yeah, and I think one thing that we need to remember is we can see someone else who is accomplishing something that we're so impressed with, that we think is so amazing, but that doesn't mean what you can do is any less amazing. Mm -hmm. We're each uniquely qualified for what we should be able to do. Yeah, we definitely um, have this problem of comparison among our, especially in our girl friendships, where we look over at her and she's doing this or not doing that, and she's rocking this and rocking that. And I just, as I look at her, I feel less and less confident in myself. And that is the opposite of what we would want for you. We would want you to celebrate her abilities and talents and what she's doing, and then look inside of yourself and find the confidence to go do that thing that only you can do. Yeah. And once you, I mean, find the confidence, but you know, you may go, how do I get there? Well, let's start with listing your talents. Okay. 
Let's start with making, we love lists, don't we? <laughs> I know. We love them a lot. But do make a list of things that you're good at. And it can be as simple as, I am a great listener, or I'm a great organizer, or you know what? I'm pretty good at staying up late at night. I don't know what your talents are, but whatever, start a list because yeah. it'll help you define what your purpose is. And if you can't come up with a list, ask a friend, hey, what's something you think I'm good at? I bet she would be so glad to get the opportunity to encourage you with something that you are good at. You know, something that I really believe in, Julie, is trying new things, things Mm -hmm. you've never tried before, or maybe you thought, I can't do that. Well, Mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe you can. That is definitely one of the the horns you like to toot. Is that a phrase? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's probably something new we could try. (laughs) One of my talents is ridiculous phrases. Um, But you do. You always encourage us to be more adventurous. And that has actually borne fruit in my own life. Have you not seen me be more adventurous as I've hung out with you? Yeah, I really have, Julia. And I'm really proud and excited for you because you have, I've watched you just blossom. Oh, blossom. Lovely. But yeah, I mean, it really is because you've been in my corner encouraging me to do that. Hey, somebody who's listening right now, their talent is encouraging somebody else to go do their thing. That is a valid talent that not everybody has. It is. Mm. Totally. Okay. So the truth is, is in order to really walk in this grit and grace life, we've got to stop believing that we don't each have an important purpose. Okay. Let's bring it home though. What's the fifth thing that holds us back from living a grit and grace life? I think sometimes we don't know where to find our strength. We feel like we're not capable or perhaps we feel weak at the moment. And where do we turn to find the strength that will enable us to master this life? It's a challenge. I would guarantee we have friends who listen to our episodes every single week and love to think about the fact that there are strong women out there and yet they're forgetting or lacking the confidence to believe that they have this strength. Yeah. And I think the definition of strength is often misconstrued because we always think it is the person who is outspoken and gregarious and can tackle anything, but that's not the only kind of strength Mm -hmm. that exists And it's not the only kind of strength that should be demonstrated. You know, there's the quiet strength. There's the person who isn't the vocal one, but they are on point. Mm -hmm. They are always moving forward quietly, steadily, but they're always moving forward. Uh, There are definitely those people. This is not me, Avi. (laughs) Those people that they maybe don't say much, but when they open their mouth, it's like the whole room shuts down because they know... If she's going to say something, it's going to be powerful and meaningful. It's true. People don't think that when I speak. It's like, okay, she's talking Oh, again. not true. Well, <laughs> I mean, no, I get it. I, I talk a lot. It's true. But that's, <laughs> Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> yes. But I love the woman like that you're referring to, the quiet, still, calculated, but powerful voice. Yeah. I think the other thing that's kind of um, misconstrued is the fact that if you cry, you're not strong. That if you weep, that you're not a strong woman, that shows weakness. That's so not true. That shows a tender heart. That shows someone who is compassionate and understanding and feels things deeply. Someone that does that, they're strong. Mm. They're strong people. And and somebody who cries also might be displaying real vulnerability, which is incredibly important for strength. So yeah, if you're a crier, don't be ashamed of that. Own that part of your personality, of your temperament, because it's a, it's a way to connect with others for sure. 
Yeah, strength comes in all kinds of ways. So it is within you, no matter what your temperament or personality are. All right, because Darlene is such a good researcher, that goes on your list of top 10 things that you're good at. I know, I feel like by the end of this episode, we're going to have a really long, good list of things you're good at. Um, (laughs) But she did pull up some research to help us because you might be thinking, okay, sure, fine. I want to believe that I'm strong. Here are some characteristics right from psychology today that are present in emotionally strong people. Okay, here's the first one. They are less discouraged. It didn't say not discouraged. It said less discouraged by setbacks and disappointments. Okay, so they're allowed to experience discouragement, but they don't stay in it. That sounds like grit, my friends. It does. Hmm. What else? Uh, More adaptable to change. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That's a strong person. Here's another one. Are able to recognize and express their needs. Now that one's important. It is. It's not easy. But it is an important one, because if you can't tell others what you need, then you can't move forward. Some people think having needs is weak, but it sounds like we're saying being able to recognize and voice your needs is actually strong. That might be the takeaway right there for somebody of this entire episode. Well, then they had a version of something that you always say. They say we should not focus on the hurdle, but on getting around the hurdle. But I prefer the way you say it because you're just so clever. You always say that we have to focus on going through the challenge, not around it. Mm, Yeah, we do. We have to get it behind us. And the only way you can do it is experience it. Don't avoid it. Okay. Another one of the seven characteristics they pointed out is an emotionally strong person can learn from their mistakes and from criticism. Both of those are hard. Yeah. And that's true though. Again, you don't have to be perfect. You can make mistakes, but learn from them. And, you know, listen to some other people who you know, help you get better. It sounds like criticism at the time, but it may be something that will improve you. All right, let's do one more from Psychology Today, and we'll link to the full article. Here's the last one let's touch on. This person is able to recover more quickly from emotional wounds such as failure or rejection. I love how that is written because it acknowledges the truth that everyone is going to experience both of those emotional wounds at some point, failure and rejection. Some of us are believing the lie that we're the only ones who feel like a failure or have ever been rejected. Yeah, and I love the fact that in that sentence, they said, recover more quickly. Mm. They didn't say, immediately get over it. Mm. They didn't say, you know, it's going to get behind you in a second and a half. They're Mm -hmm. saying, you just get through it a little quicker. That's all. Yeah, you still have to take time to grieve it, to process it, and to work through it, maybe with that counselor or safe person, and then you come out the other side. So, Julie, we unpacked five things today that hold us back from the grit and grace life that I think it's great to move on from, to learn these and how to avoid them. We're definitely going to load up the show notes with articles in this one, and I think that you're going to want to visit. If you've never been to the show notes before, this would be a time to check them out because we will make sure that we link to several articles from writers at the Grit and Grace Project that will help us to really start to chip away at these five things that we don't want to be holding us back from our Grit and Grace life. I thought about one of my talents since I dodged that question this whole episode. What is one of your talents, Julie? One of my talents is bringing it around and closing it up. So I'm going to go ahead and close this episode down (laughs) with our quote. Okay. It's from Emma Stone, and she said, I can't think of any better representation of beauty than someone who is unafraid to be herself. Now that sounds like a woman living a grit and grace life. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.